Welcome to another episode of Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. Uh, what's new, Derek? Not much. Same old, same old. Yeah? It's fall. It's, uh, you know, things are kind of slowing down, right? So... It's, it's that time of year. Um, yeah, it's slowing down because people are getting cold and don't want to go outside anymore. <laughs> they don't want to do anything. <laughs> waiting for spring to show up again or something, but I can't believe it's already the end of October. I know. That's like phenomenal. Um, Halloween's... Uh, are you going trick-or-treating? I'm thinking I'm either draw, dress up as a lumberjack, <laughs> a pirate, or a biker. You normally look like a lumberjack. Normally look like a lumberjack. Well, I got this beard. This beard's almost a year old already. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of pirate or something. A smelly pirate hooker. A, ooh, a smelly pirate hooker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I don't think I'll go that I don't think I'll go that route, but, uh, you know. Um, yeah, it's end of October already, getting into November. Some snow is going to be hitting us soon. and uh, But water's still flowing, so paddling's still happening. That's for sure. The water's getting cold. It is very cold. The water is getting cold and anybody's paddling this time of year has to be wary of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we know we've got to be wearing that wool, warm clothing and yeah. uh, dry suits if you got them. And with the topics that we're talking about tonight, that this is going to come up again and again with the, the cold weather and the risks and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Risks uh, seem to be on our list of topics this evening. Um, different things. Uh, speaking of, r- well, risks to an extent, because I know there were issues along the way. You know, Mike Ranta. Yes. Crossing Canada finished, Mike eh? Ranta. He finished his, uh, his trip. Yeah. Uh, made it to, to Cape Breton. Yeah. Him and Spitzy. Uh, almost 200 days. Yeah. That's all. That's Can you imagine paddling trip. 200 days? <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's a long period of time. That's, uh. I had mentioned, um, oh man. Must be at least seven years ago now, if five five to seven years ago. I was talking to Marcus uh, from markinthepark.com, and I said, You ought to see about doing a video or something documenting 200 days in a canoe, because that would pretty much take you from ice out to ice in. Yeah. Right? Now, Mike Ranta started out in Vancouver, so he had that extra little bit of no ice. Um, out that way before he started cruising across. But, uh, yeah, I mean, 200 days in a canoe doing nothing but paddling and some portaging. Where did he start again? Uh, Vancouver, Victoria. Yeah. Huh. And, uh, yeah. It's quite the journey, eh? Oh, I mean, just the, and this is the second time doing it. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yeah, I mean, he started in Vancouver, um, we're out in Richmond. Richmond, D.C., yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he did it last, two years ago, I guess now. And then, yeah, he, now he's done it again this year and he wanted, he's doing it, uh, to raise awareness and whatnot for, uh, veterans and legions. Yes. To help uh, expand the legion in Atacokan where he's from. And, uh, yeah, quite the good cause and he's having a great time doing it, meeting a lot of people and the amount of people that actually come out to see him as he's going is yes, pretty cool. It is interesting. You know, um, he's has, definitely had some adventures. Um, now, was it a coconut he found on his first one? Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. And then he lost it and then he found it again this trip. Oh, did he? He found it again. So yeah, it's been, it's been coming along with him again. Um, Spitzy's, uh, there was the incident with Spitzy getting lost. Yeah. When he overturned uh, the river. Up, yeah, just west of. Near Sudbury? Uh, Thudbury. Uh, Thudbury. Thudbury. <laughs> Thunder Bay. <laughs> I, I, I know what I'm talking about. Thudbury. I thought I thought. Pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and, that was just there. And then there's the moose rescue. The moose. The baby, the baby moose, moose rescue. Risk, rescue. Yeah. yeah. Um, He's had quite the adventure crossing Canada. Um, and it would be Hurricane so- Matthew. He felt the effects of that? He felt, yeah. Yeah. Some big winds and, and rains came to... From what I understand, uh, he woke up in the middle of the night and his tent was basically plastered on his face. Oh. Uh, what was the comment? It's a foldable tent and it folded up with me inside it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I mean, just the scenery and you definitely got to be okay with being by yourself. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's got his dog Spitzy with him. That helps a lot. Spitzy doesn't answer him back or start conversations. But he gets to talk to the dog a lot. But he could talk to the dog a lot. That's helpful mentally, right? Oh yeah. On a long trip like that. Yeah. So... 
Um, but yeah, I mean, just cross Canada twice now, <laughs> you know, I want, and there's probably th- things that he saw this time that he didn't see the last time, Yeah, you know, and he had a better understanding of what to expect as well. Uh, but yeah, he has definitely had some, uh, some adventures uh-huh. on the way. So end of March till mid-October approximately. Yeah. Oh, around 200 days. It's well, like, yeah. That's... And mid, mid to end October. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, but 200 days. Um, but yeah, that's <laughs> just to have that free time to do that. That's something. Well, uh, obviously he's currently unemployed. And <laughs> well, that's, that's what I'm saying. You know, if yeah. you didn't have, if you got that golden handshake for somebody that, cause I know a few people that have lost jobs because of downsizing over the last yeah. decade or so. And they say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm good till, you know, five or six months from now. They gave me that big handshake to, to go to, away, to go away and, uh, hopefully pick myself up and do something else, get another job in that. But if I had that kind of time and they gave me that money that I didn't need to yeah. get a job right away, that'd be something to take like a couple of months at least and go somewhere, just trip. Yeah. You know, lake to lake to lake <laughs> sort of thing. Like, wow. Quite the journey. Yeah. You know, it's not a good thing if you're unemployed, but. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to do the Ungavan Peninsula. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got aspirations much higher, much uh, farther north. <laughs> Alert. <laughs> uh, Banks. Yeah. Banks, Banks Island, Island, baby. Thompson River. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he did that and, uh, I'm sure that this time there's going to be, uh, probably, I, I got to think he's going to do a book or something about it. Oh, he's got to. He's got to. Now, last time they wanted to talk about handing in all his notes. Was that for the Guinness Book of Records or something? Oh, I don't know. There was somebody that, for the records or something, they wanted all his notes yeah. and all this and all that. And he said, forget it. Oh, Do you remember yes. that? I can't remember what that was they for. They wanted to control the record. It was Guinness. And they were going to, contr- because they have ownership over the Guinness records too. Mm-hmm. You have the record, but they have ownership or something over the, the, the record. Materials, materials and, yeah, yeah. And so he, he wasn't going to no. relinquish control. I wouldn't. No, no. So he's got to take all his photos and everything. And yeah, like I say, the number of people that went out to, to meet with him on his trips. I mean, he's, he's constantly posting pictures and stuff. That was pretty cool <laughs> to have that kind of support knowing yeah. everywhere you're going. And there was a couple of times, well, like I say, the, the number of people that were, uh, posting messages on Facebook and all that about when, when Spitzy went missing. Yeah. He's had a lot of support. Yeah. Definitely has. A lot um, of attention, a lot of support. Um, now he's, yeah, I, I don't know what he's going to do now, but it'll be interesting to, to well, find he's, out. he's going to have to like, honestly, like from my perspective, it was me, like it, you put that much effort into something, you, you put that much of your life into something, you need to bring something out of that. Like for one, it, it needs to be recorded. Mm-hmm. It needs to be documented. And a book seems to be the sane way to go. The, and he's going it, to, it's a method of, uh, income potentially for the future. If he can put a book out. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And there's enough people, I think, that would buy it too. Yes. I think I would so, buy it. Really interesting though. Mm-hmm. Really interesting that he's done this a second time and not just for the sake of doing it, but actually having some, a cause behind him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. So for veterans and legions and it's a, it's, it's a great cause that he's, that he's, uh, made this endeavor, uh, cater to. And it's, uh, it's nice to see that he's put some thought and effort into not just doing the trip, but making, bringing something good out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you're not sure and you haven't heard about Mike Ranta before, uh, Mike and his dog Spitzy traveled across Canada by canoe. Check out MikeRanta.ca. That's M-I-K-E-R-A-N-T-A, Ranta.ca. And they'll have all their information there. Um, he's got a, a support page where you can offer financial support and whatnot and with PayPal, that sort of stuff and make donations and, and whatnot. So it's pretty cool, but yeah, definitely check him out. Um, want to see what he does after now that he's done and, uh, see where he goes from here. Is he going to try it a third time? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you you know, never know. He seems to be enjoying it. People, when they get something in their head, they, uh, they just re- like, we, uh, I remember we had that discussion previously, not on air, but the, uh, the hiking, the, uh, Adirondack trail. Yeah. So this, there's a, there's people that are, that routinely do this, this trail, this brutal trail and they do it from stem to stern and they do it multiple times. It's like, it's insane. There's that one, uh, trail over through Spain and Portugal. 
can't remember what it's called, but uh, it used to be an old pilgrimage or something, and people do it. Yeah? Still. And huh. it, it, it takes forever. Um, oh, there was uh, Sheen. Who's the... Martin... Not Martin. Martin Sheen? Who's his son? Emilio Estevez was in it. They did a, a movie based on that trail. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was actually quite good. The son, Emilio, passes away while he's on it. And I wish I could remember the name of it. But yeah, people from all over the world just go and do this trail and it's insane, but. Yeah. You know, people I, find I, r- crazy things to do with their time and their efforts. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, maybe they're on the spectrum or maybe they, uh, it's just something that an internal desire to do something. Well, you know what? As long as they get something out of it and what they're hoping to get out of it, then hey, more power to them, I yeah. say. It was interesting to track him through it. It's it's for the trackability of of his trail, his route, his trip. It's mm-hmm. it was very interesting. It really was, and uh, I, I encourage people to check out MikeRanta.ca and uh, see what he's done. His route. They've got an interactive map that shows his route from Vancouver all the way across to Cape Breton. Yeah, and uh, all the places he's hit, and um, yeah, it's pretty pretty neat. Now I do believe when he started, he had a spot unit. Yes, he mentioned spot. And then I, I I saw somewhere that he might have an in-reach now. Uh, I hadn't noticed and, that. Yeah, I was looking somewhere and, and I couldn't find it again. But it uh, seems like somewhere along the way he may have changed. Um, well, now, for, for the, an endeavor like this, it's good to track it. It's mm-hmm. also good for safety. If anything does happen, it's easy to find the individual... It, 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 because he's a, he, in a lot of cases, he's off in the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. You definitely want to, uh, track where you are and have something that can, yes, you know, um, press a button if you end up with problems, right? Mm-hmm. Because that, uh, that could put a damper on your whole. <laughs> Just a little bit, eh? Whole trip, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, when he lost, uh, Spitzy there, the whole reason lost him is because they, uh, dumped they capsized, yep. they got all their stuff together and something spooked him and off he went. Uh, they did find him the next morning. Um, but you know, I mean, all of a sudden you're just like, Eesh. you know, you're, you're stuck, you're in a bind there. Yeah. And if it was worse, you know, something had happened, then he could have pressed that button and had somebody there to yeah. help him ASAP. Exactly. But, um, spot and in reach, the Delorme in reach. I have a Gen 1 spot unit, which I've been using for... Ever. Ever. Since it came out. Yeah. It's an antique now. Uh, it is. Well, you know what? Uh, my wife saw one, because I was doing my solo trips, right? Um, she saw one on an episode of Survivor Man we were watching. Oh, yeah? And he happened to have one. Um, and... I think we were online. She saw something online on his page or something. Um, and there was an ad for the spot. And so they went in and they got me one for my birthday and, uh, I've been using it. Yeah. How long ago is that now? It's, it's been a long time. Yeah. I remember way back when you were sharing your, your true, your, your track routes and stuff like that, that mm-hmm. people would follow along. And just recently I followed along on your trip to, Iceland and then back when you return, you uh, did the French river. It was yeah. interesting to follow along and kind of live vicariously through you. The, n- the amount of people that do that, they, they're like, oh, you're going on a trip. Are you bringing spot? Yeah. You know, it's, it's like yeah. as if I was bringing spot, my dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And anybody that didn't know what spot was would probably be doing the same thing. But it is, you know, I, I looked at the Gen 2 and I know a couple of people got the Gen 2 and all they did was bitch and complain about, um, the batteries. Oh, well, it was hard on batteries? It was it? hugely hard on batteries. Well, I would go a whole season on one set of batteries. Yeah. And they'd go through four or five sets. On a trip? On a, no. Well, on a during season. the season. Okay. Yeah. And, um, they were, yeah, they, I don't know. How many times those Gen 2s almost went skipping across the lake? But I think they fixed it for the Gen 3 because I haven't heard any complaints for And that's what I'm finding now or hearing now is the Gen 3. That's one of their selling features is the new batteries, the better battery life. Uh Um, My Gen 1 takes two double A's, but it looks like the Gen 3s take four triple A's. Oh yeah? Uh, Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the Spot Connect takes three triple A's. The Spot Connect, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the, the gen three does, 
uh, takes the triple A's instead of the double A's. So there's there's a bit of a difference. They they have to upgrade and the new technology and you live as you go and yes. learn as you go, right? And and with this day and age, and people do want to share their adventures, and and so this is filling that niche of pe- where people like, for example, Mike Grant and his trip. He's uh, you can follow along and track his route. So people are finding the need to as social media gathers, you know, moss and it uh, we. Everybody wants to share their adventure and, and, yeah. and that, that's part of enjoying your adventure is sharing it. I know for me, like I, I enjoy my solo trips, but I much prefer going with a person. And if you can't go with a person, at least they can follow along. Well, and I've always said, you know, I, I like, like it for the safety aspects, especially on my, my solo trips, yes. or if I'm with one other person, you know, I, I always joke, you know what, if something happens to you, I ain't hauling your carcass out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to mark the spot. Just, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, if we get chased by a bear, we've been friends a long time, but I'm tripping you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you, you know, you, you'd like to go into those things. So to have a spot or something like that is, is good, um, in case something happens because you know what? Accidents do happen. Exactly. Right. And, and it only takes a blink of a, an eye for something to go south. Mm-hmm. So I like it for that, but yeah, with the tracking feature, so people can log in anywhere and see where I am. And I mean, at home, I always leave a map outlined with my route. Yeah. So, you know, they can look at it and if somebody says, you know, something's happened, where is he? Well, the, here's his route. Here's his itinerary. Here's what he's planning to go and all that. Exactly. When we went to Woodland Caribou a couple of years back, um, the route we had drawn out when we got up there, they had massive storms and the snow had busted so many trees because it was a really bad winter that a large portion of our trip, you would, we, we couldn't get past. Okay. You could not get through. Hmm. Uh, so we ended up having, well, we, when we got to the outfitter, we had to totally redo a large portion of our trip. So all of a sudden they're at home going like. Where are they going? What's going on here? And without the spot tracker, if something had happened, they would have given my they itinerary. Have, yeah. Now, I mean, the outfitter would have had a different itinerary, yeah. but they would, if, if they would have got a hold of the itinerary and everything I left at home, it would have been completely wrong. Would have the misled first them in yeah. the, the search for so you. So they would have been miles mm-hmm. to the west of where we actually ended up going. So it does make sense. These things do come in handy. And I, I, when they first came out, a lot of people poo-pooed it. It's like, oh, another piece of technology that people are dragging yeah. into the backcountry. But really, this is not something that, uh, it's not intrusive. Nope. It just sits in your pack. So, and prior to the show, we decided that we were going to compare the spot and the DeLorme inReach. Yeah. And uh, we, we looked at a lot of the numbers and we did a lot of comparisons and we, in Honestly, we like we flip back and forth, probably. Oh, well, we're five flop and fence sitting. It's and like we said, no, this is the great one. No, this yeah. is the better one. And you know, it's it's uh, it's really hard to compare. It depends. You, like you're you're comparing apples and oranges. They do the same thing, but all the functionalities. When it comes down to the functionality of the devices, one of them seems to come out on top, but then when it comes down to the cost and the outlay and how it's used, the other one seems to come out on top. So I, I guess we should maybe go through that and do a, the comparison and, and share what we've come up with. Yeah. And it also makes a difference whether you're in Canada and the States because Absolutely. they seem to have different plans. They, like, I think it, it seems to me in the States, they, they are cheaper. able to lock people into a plan, but it is cheaper. And here yeah. there's the flexibility. You're not tied into a plan, but because we're not tied into a plan, they make it more expensive. Mm-hmm. Well, with the, with the spot unit, um, they now up in Canada have the, the monthly you can do as well, but they're saying don't do the monthly plan because it actually ends up being more expensive. <laughs> yes, it does. Right? Yeah. But in the States... They don't talk about a yearly with spot. Everything is monthly plan. Yeah. Um, and there was a one, one guy that we were doing, reading some of his reviews. He talked about, um, if you, the, the original outlay for the in reach is more expensive. Yes. Than the a, spot. It is a more complicated and expensive device. Yeah. But with the way the. Uh, subscriptions work at the end of the second year, 
you're better off and it ends up being cheaper the long run to get the inReach. And again, it depends on how you use it. Right. And that's somebody who is has a year-long subscription. You buy the you buy side to side, apples to apples, you buy the two devices side by side, and you have a year-long subscription side to side. So then you get cheaper with the inReach. Because the inReach you can suspend your subscription and pay monthly. Yes. So if you're only going out for a couple of months a year. And that's the, see, that's a different comparison than what I originally started with too. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that's the benefit of now both of them offer this option too. Like it, people, I don't know, like a, a, I would not be paying for the subscription in the wintertime, for example, right. because I'm not tripping in the wintertime. So it doesn't make sense to pay for it in the winter. Right. So then that's where you start to save money. And that's where you, if you just want to use it for three or four months during the summer, if you're doing a lot of trips, then you're only paying for those months and then you suspend the subscription. That's if you're only in the su- a summer tripper too, yes, right? Yes. Like, I mean, I do the, the um, snowshoe tripping and, and everything, right? The winter camping, that yeah, sort of stuff. Enough. So yeah, when you're out there snowshoeing for a couple of days, you want people tracking you, seeing where you're going and and yeah, whatnot too, right? Mainly for family, right? Yeah. So your wife yeah. knows where you are. But you still got it because, I mean, you know, well, we, when we were, we did that snowshoe trip in uh, Algonquin a couple years ago. Yes. And we were right on the shore and we didn't realize how far we were. And my snowshoe got caught in the ice. Yeah. And I slipped, ended up soaked. <laughs> Remember we ended up at the uh, campground laundromat. Yeah. With my snow, <laughs> <put> my <laughs> snow pants in the dryer, right? Yes. I mean, it could happen that fast. I mean, if we were out farther and it was deeper water. And we didn't have a laundromat to dry your clothes. That could have been serious right? trouble. We would have been building a fire and mm-hmm. maybe hunkering down for the night, stranded because you can't risk going out into the cold and trying to make it back to the vehicle when you're soaking wet. Because mm-hmm. in, in, in minus 20, minus, and this is Celsius, in minus 20, whatever weather, you're not going to... It's not worth the risk to try and make it back to a vehicle if you are wet in that kind of temperatures. You yeah. have to dry out. And I mean, we were we weren't too far from the vehicle at this point, which is, but is, you know, but, but for but, comparison for yeah. the example, it does lead the example into the fact that somebody goes, "Where are they? What happened?" And so with these devices, people can see, okay, so they it looks like they've hunkered down in the middle of a Gonquin Park. Something's going on, and you can send a message all okay. Mm-hmm. So then people know it's all okay. Something's happened, but they're just hunkered down for the night. Yeah. But at least they had a all, all okay safety message and they don't have to send and out the- They're not going nuts, so. Yeah. They don't have to send out the cavalry to, to rescue you. Yeah. Now, when they were talking the plans, the, the, the payment plans for the in-reach, it was definitely from the, a, U, a US-based guy. And he was saying, you know, you, it's only so much and you end up if you're only using it for a couple of months of the year and everything like that, after year two, you're better off with the inReach than you are with the spot. With the American service. With the American service. But when we looked into that, up here, you can, they have like a $20 a month thing and that's your basic plan emergency use. Yeah. It's only an emergency. You right. don't, you're, you get SOS messages. So if yeah. something happens, you hit that button. Yes. You get search and rescue coming for so you. So for twenty dollars a month, nobody's tracking your route. Nobody knows where you are. You, mm-hmm. There's none of that because everything that you send or everything that you receive is extra. If you only use it for say July and August, there's forty dollars a year. But again, you're only using it for rescue. Right. You it it it's it's on your pack, and if you need it. It's Boom, there. there's that rescue yeah. button. Yeah. That's it. So it, for me that, well, and then, then, then again, there's different users, right? Mm-hmm. Some users might use it different ways. Like for me, I would, if I had one of these devices and I'm considering getting one, I would want people, to, I would want my wife to be able to track me to know that everything's okay. Right. And in the past, she's hasn't, she won't know until a week later if I'm coming out of the woods, if, if everything's okay. Right. So I'd, at the end of a five day trip, I'd like hit the first place and send a text all okay on the way home. But this here way, she would be able to follow my progress from stem to stern and know exactly what's going on. And then for them to track you that for, for example, in Canada for the, uh, Delorme inReach, there's more expensive, it's, it's more expensive. And like you, uh, I remember tra- tracking you through Iceland and then the French mm-hmm. river, you put down hundreds of tracks. Yeah. 
And for that, like the the, uh, the next one up for the, so we talked about the $20 plan, the $35 a month plan for the inReach, that's only gives you 200 tracks. And I used well over that in a month. Absolutely. I would have had to go up to the $55 a month plan. Yeah. If you had stayed with a $35 month plan and you did more than 200 tracks, you're paying 10 cents per track per track and if anybody is un- not understanding exactly what we're saying about track it's just that dot it's like the ping to show you your location so if you ping every 10 minutes or you ping once an hour that's each ping is what they call a track yeah so i mean if even if i just used another 200 in that month that's an extra 20 bucks so my 34 has all of a sudden become 54 very well 35 to 55 35 to 55 right so Which you, I might as well just spent the 55 and get my thousand tracks. Yes. Right? They definitely have ways to get the money out of you. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I imagine it's expensive service to maintain and monitor. There's lots of wages. There's lots of monitoring. If the people's response to call the proper authorities to send out rescues. So yeah, it makes sense that there's a lot of, there's going to be expenses there, but on an individual basis, I think maybe if more people were to buy into this and like, like with everything, if you sell a hundred of these things, it's going to be very expensive to run the system. Mm-hmm. But if like 10 million people buy into the system and subscribe every year, they'd be able to drop the prices because there's that many more people on the system paying the user fees. Yeah. There is more people that I, I see every day getting the inReach as opposed to the spot. Yes. I'm but curious. the spot is $160 for the year. And that's all unlimited that's texting, yep. or, or sorry, yeah, tracking, um, check-ins. All included. Everything, Unlimited. SOS, the help assist, all yep. of that is all included. The main difference I'm thinking, from what I see, is when it comes down to texting. Sending messages, two-way communication. That's where the big difference. Now, having said that, because, I mean, with Spot... There's no texting. You hit track and it tracks you. You set yeah. it, forget it, and you go on with your day. And uh, during your trip, you don't know if any of those pings are getting through. Right. You have no idea. There's no feedback. Right. With the inReach, people want to text, hey, I'm good. And yes. boom, send it. And somebody's, hey, uh, grandpa died. Boom. Hey, better come and out of the woods it. now. Yeah, right. Better come out of the woods um, now. So yeah, you've got to get at least a $35 a month plan. You get a hundred texts or basic forecasts for weather, right? Which is and that'll be handy. That's I like handy. That. Yeah, I like that plan. They be able because with the with the Delorme inReach, if you get a you you can get a basic forecast and it'll give you your local weather where you are in mm-hmm. in a forecast for the next day, twenty four hours, whatever. You can also pay for the premium forecast, which is it's something extra. Is always the premium forecasts are always extra. It's like a buck twenty nine. So if you request the premium forecast. They give an in-depth forecast for your area, your vicinity for the next 24 hours. It's a buck 29. So I can see where that would be handy. And if you get a premium marine forecast, it's a buck 99. So if you're, let's say, for example, you're doing a, uh, you're going from the, the West Coast out to Hawaii in your sailboat, you want to check out the marine forecast, boom, your uh, Delorme will, uh, your inReach will give you that forecast. So it's it's handy that way. And that's where, the, uh, it does surpass the spot, but again, it's the expense. It has to be worth the expense to go to that greater length and outlay of money. Yeah. And with me, it's because I like that tracking feature as opposed to the text feature. Cause I've always said that tracking feature it's like taking the family without the whining. <laughs> I never thought of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they are all on my trip. They know where I'm going. Oh, look, he's going here. He's going up that yeah. river. He's right where he said he would be. Oh, look, he's going over here. Oh, he took a U-turn. I wonder what he's doing over there. So they're following my trip and they're not there nattering in my ear. <laughs> if my wife's listening, I'm just joking. <laughs> but I mean, I... And I know there's people that I work with and clients of mine that they, oh, you're taking, send me the link and they follow. Yeah. Right. And they enjoy following. And I mean, they're sitting there and they'll have their computer and they'll have the the map of where I'm going that day. And, and what I did, love it. when you were on your trip, like when you were in Iceland, I was looking at street views and uh, Google, 
Google Earth and it has the images mm -hmm. option at the bottom. You pop up images of where people are. So I was looking at pictures of where you were. I was looking at your street view. I was driving along the road you were driving along. I didn't see when... you. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like someone was looking over my shoulder all the time, though. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> and when you did the French River, I pulled up a lot of images of mm -hmm. the French River and the rapids and people going that down people the river. That people post and, it. And... Yeah, people post them in, within Google. Yeah. So it was, it, was, it was an interesting way to live vicariously through you for your trip. Yeah. So I'm at work in the middle of the day. What's Sean doing right now? And I'd be tracking you through the day while I'm at work, right? So. Yeah. So it all comes down to if you like that or you like actually texting people and getting texts from people. If you can't live without those texts. See, but now there's different levels of those texts. There's the level of people who just can't get away from. Uh, texting. Because, because the inReach will, it'll post to Facebook and it'll post to Twitter. Mm -hmm. So if you send a message, it'll post, made it to my campsite at uh, 6.06 PM, uh, all as well. That'll go to Twitter, go to Facebook. It'll go to people's uh, cell phones via text. So you can keep that contact up. Now, I think that's more than I would use it for. But what I like is that you have that two-way communication. If you were, if you did get uh, windbound, you're on the side of the lake, you can't leave your campsite because the wind's high and the waves are too high. The, the, the It's just too dangerous. So you could send a message. All is okay. I'm windbound. I'm gonna, probably going to be here for an extra day or two. And then that message will go out. And with the spot messenger, you'd only have like a certain fixed messages you can send. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pre-programmed pre message. But with the inReach, the people will get the text and they and can they text you back. back. Yeah. I understand yeah. we will, we'll delay the pickup for a day at your takeout. Uh, just let us know a more accurate date later on so we can send the van to pick you up. So right. that, it, that, that's more of a, uh, Well, and that's the other thing is, um, with search and rescue, again, they have that two way communication. Exactly. And search so and rescue in prefers that, that. Yeah. In that case, I would definitely take the texting. Yes. But just to have it at all times and having to pay all that extra money. Yeah. It's, that's a tough, that's bullet a to tough bullet to yeah, bite, yeah. which brings us to spot connect. Yes. It's in my opinion, bridges the gap between the two. You have the cheap or not, uh, not cheap, but you have the cost effective service. S and all the, the things of the spot yeah. unit. And this hooks to your cell phone, Bluetooth. Yes. To give you the texting of the inReach. Yes. So you have, you, you probably are making it about 80 to 90% the way there to having an inReach with a yep. spot, new spot connect. Yep. The only thing, you won't have a marine forecasts, you won't have weather forecasts and stuff like that, but it gives you pretty much everything that you could possibly need. And it really, then you're starting to wait, well, is a weather forecast really that important? I'm out here anyways. Yeah. There's nothing I can do and, about the weather. Yeah. And, and most of the people that I know, when you're going out that long on trip, you're checking the weather anyway. I mean, if I'm going out for a day trip, I'm checking the yes. weather. But if you're going out for two weeks, after four days. Four weather day, changes. Weather four days out is all a guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you look at, you look at the seven day or the yes. two week forecast and you say, well, this is what they say it's going to be. <laughs> this but is their guess. <laughs> yeah. This is the best guess they've got. Yeah. And hopefully it sticks. But. Once you're out there, you're out there. So realistically, oh yeah, it's wet. It must be raining. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know. And and I've always you just deal with weather. It's 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 the just a fact of camping and and backcountry movements, right? You just ah, yeah. Well, the weather is the weather, right? Well, at the, at the end of the day, I need to upgrade from my antiquated spot one. And it came to, it, it basically came down to researching the Gen 3 or the inReach. And I, I really couldn't make a clear choice, choice. Decision, yeah. Until we saw the spot connect. And that bridges the gap. And that sort of bridges the gap. And I think that, I'm, I'm going to do a bit more research into it, but I do believe that's, because I've watched the videos and the pricing and everything seems... Exactly what I'm looking for. It lets me do my tracking. It gives me the texting if I need it. It's not extra massive charges for the inReach um, that that you're getting, and but you're getting a lot of the the functions from the inReach. 
and the function, all the functions of the spot. So I think that's going to be the, uh, the route I take is the, um, spot connect. So we'll, we'll see what happens there, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to do a little bit more research. Um, but I think the spot connect is going to happen. And I think come within the next couple of weeks, I think I'll be, uh, picking one up. So in the end with the, uh, well, let's, I'm just going to do a final price comparison. So the spot connect is basically going to cost you 150 bucks, but they have sales where they'll sell it for a hundred bucks. Yeah. So but even still 150 bucks. Yeah. So let's say 150, your service for the year is one, about 169. 167. So, so you're yeah. talking about just over 300 bucks. Yep. But if you do the same thing, and this is a year-long service, so I'm comparing year-long service to year-long service. Yep. So you're going to buy the in-reach for about 380 bucks, And then for the, say, for example, the $35 a month service for all year long is going to about just over 400 So you're talking 800 bucks for the year. As compared to 320 20. But About. Um, this yep. is ballpark numbers. So in the low $300 range to the $800 range for the in-reach. So what you're saying is that Weather forecasts is that important to me that I'm going to spend that an extra 500 bucks. For somebody to guess at the weather. Yeah. So it really kind of, that kind of makes the, the final answer, right? It's, yeah. it looks like the Spot Connect and I'm, I'm convinced that they came up with the Spot Connect because InReach came onto the market and they said, we have to compete with these people. Yeah. And I mean, you know what? I, I feel, I feel a bit responsible for a few people because once I was the first one I knew that had the Spot. Yeah. I didn't know anybody else that had a spot. And then everybody else I was canoe tripping with saw it and loved it. And everybody's, I got to get me one of these. And they all ended <laughs> up with the Gen 2. Because once they started seeing that, oh, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. And they're, oh, I'm going to bite the bullet. They all bought the Gen 2. And I felt so bad. <laughs> you should have been getting commissions. Yeah, you know. But then, uh, yeah, you know, I've I've held off because there's a couple of times I've looked at the Gen 3 and I think I'm just going to go with the Spot Connect. Yeah. Get the app, yeah. hook up my phone that I can do certain things and do yeah. a lot of pre-programmed stuff beforehand so it doesn't exactly. cost you anything extra. And uh, yeah, Bob's your uncle. I need to talk to some people who have the inReach to see what made them decide to go the expensive route. Yeah. But some people it matters. I, I guess if, if... Talk to Randy at uh, Algonquin Outfitters. He has the they, they rent them. I'm pretty oh, sure they rent yeah, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and he'll be yeah. able to tell you the, yeah. the differences. Yeah. Because they also sell the spot units. Yes. So. We'll have to check that out. Six, one half to the other. Yeah. So we'll check them out and uh, we'll give you our final decisions down the road and see how it all works out. In the meantime, we've, uh, I think, uh, killed this uh, topic segment. for today. <laughs> this is our longest <laughs> segment yet. Yeah. Let's take a, take a break and we'll come back and talk about something a bit more fun. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio. Whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Hey, this is Sean Rowley of Paddling Adventures Radio. When out on the water, a bad map can lead to a terrible paddling experience. That's why when paddling Tomogamy, Killarney, and Algonquin Park, I've come to rely on Jeff's map. If you're looking for a waterproof, tear-resistant map with paddling routes, portage data, historical points, and much more, then go to jeffsmap.com and see the maps I use. Available in print or in a downloadable format, jeffsmap.com. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit wrvoradio.com online. Hey, Derek. Yes? Have you ever been a pole dancer? 
<laughs> I know where you're going with this, but I didn't expect you to start there. <laughs> yeah. Expect the unexpected, my friend. Um, I've noticed a couple things lately on the internet when I was searching for some things, and it's something I've tried a couple of times. You spend a lot of time on the internet, don't you? I spend an awful lot of time on the internet. Well, I'm researching <laughs> stuff to inform our listeners of what's current and what's good and things that may be of interest. What are you doing, Derek? Well, I spend time on the internet too, but I don't searching talk about for it. stuff. <laughs> stuff, yes. <laughs> Premium stuff. Well, I saw a little thing that uh, just caught my eye and I thought I'd get more into it. And it's actually a bigger deal than originally I thought. And it, I'd heard about it before, but not much. And it blew my mind when I started reading it after you told me to look at this. Yeah. I tried it a couple of times on flat, on a flat river. We're not still um, talking about pole dancing, right? No, no, no. I tried that in, in, <laughs> in college. a bar in college. <laughs> so I was experimenting. Don't judge me. <laughs> Um, no, pulling a canoe. Yes. I've done it before on, on, like I say, a nice calm river, a small little bit of a current, uh, windy river. So you can stand up and I, I've done this in my old, the old green beastie, uh, canoe I had. Um. But you did it flat water, didn't you? It was flat water. You could, really windy area, tall grasses and that. So I stood up, I managed to cut, cut, it would have been about 10 to 12 feet long. Like an alder or something? Um, a branch, yep. Um, and yeah, and I just use that as a giant pole because I remember seeing it somewhere along the, along the way, but that's what I was doing. And once I got the hang of it, it was pretty cool to do it. And you could stand up and you could see over everything. You could see where you were going. Um, and it really wasn't that difficult to do once you got the hang of it. Mm -hmm. But so I saw, saw a little article about somebody polling and actually, I saw on um, the adventurer.ca, Jim Baird's site, there was a thing about pulling a canoe. And But these guys are going up rapids and everything. They go up and down rapids. They control their speed going down. Mm -hmm. They climb up rapids. Like normally on a rapid, I would I would lie in a canoe yeah. and, and pull the canoe. I'd walk on the rocks and, cl and climb up and pull the canoe up the water with me. And it never occurred to me that you could actually pull the canoe up the river. It's, I think that's fascinating. And I want to try this now. I'm going to try it, I think, next year when, in the middle of summer, when it's uh, a bit warmer water. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not something I ever thought of doing. Now, it seems like Maine and some of the Southern states and more to the Eastern side of the country seems to be where a lot of these people you're hearing about them doing it. I'm sure they do it all across, uh, across North America. Well, I've not, seen it and heard about it before, but it's like, you know, down Louisiana and the bayous yeah. and stuff like that, they yep. would, they would pull along their canoes and, and, or actually not, it wouldn't be canoes down there, but they would, you know, their, their swamp boats and stuff like that. So it gives them their, their heads up. They can look around and have a good view of what they're doing and where they're going. It, it's not as easy to, uh, paddle. They would have oars. They would have outboards that they couldn't run because of uh, whatever greedy growth. So it, it, I've seen it before, but it never occurred to me to do it in a canoe, and it would never have occurred to me to do it up or down rapids. Uh, rapids. No, no, and they do what they're called, what they call uh, like the eddy hopping. Yes, yes, right? for its safety and whatever. Well, as luck would have it, Paddle Canada actually has a canoe polling program. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, skill level programs, uh, canoe polling skills introduction. Then there's intermediate and advanced. Then you can train to become an instructor. Uh, instructor level programs, instructor solo, instructor intermediate solo, advanced solo, uh, instructor trainer uh, against solo, intermediate, and advanced. Um Programs cover the unique skills and knowledge to successfully navigate your canoe, not by paddle, but by pole. The program emphasizes balance and boat control while teaching participants the necessary skills and knowledge to safely pole to their destination. Hmm. So I'm not sure where they, where they do this. I'm going to find um, out. There is, is stuff that tells you where to, you know, go online and check it out. No age requirements. Um, 
for all instruction instructor courses, though, you got to be a minimum 16 years of age. Um, yeah, and yeah, these guys are just in a regular canoe like we own. Yes. And a giant 12-foot pole, which you can either, they say people will either carve them out of spruce, ash, or tamarack. Now, I know ash is a really hard wood. And heavy. I wouldn't do it with ash. It's way yeah. too heavy. Um, yeah, they don't say, I haven't read whether a heavier pole is good or not. But, or you can buy a metal one. Yes, I've, uh, I was reading that the, uh, one of the common things is to have a hollow aluminum pole. You cap mm-hmm. the end so it'll float if you drop it. Yep. So it's like a, a empty tube. And apparently for competitions, that's what they use uh, to, to compete it because it's, it's lighter weight. It's more reliable. It's not going to snap or break. Usually with the, uh, with the wooden, um, poles, they would, uh, put metal ferrules on the ends to stop them from splitting and, and, uh, wearing down. But uh, all that is solved if you solved if you uh, have a capped aluminum pole, and they actually sell, um, <laughs> which blew my mind. Yeah, they actually sell poles for pulling a canoe. They have uh, breakdown aluminum poles, so it, it pops in half just like uh, a, a breakdown kayak paddle, and mm-hmm. uh, they have uh, fiberglass poles that as well that break down for storage or for transporting and stuff like that. Uh, generally, from what I saw what poles in the range of 12 feet, but you were saying that some people have up to 18 feet, which seems like, I guess it depends on the water I, you're in, right? Yeah. If, if you're if it's deeper, deeper water. water or, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, and my big thing is if you've got a 16 to 18 foot wood solid piece <laughs> and you got yourself a little 15 foot canoe <laughs> and you got to get that home. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's, that's sticking out quite a bit on the roof of your car. Yeah. Um, or maybe you make one every trip. Maybe. Right. Um, I mean, some of the ones you see, yeah, it could just be On a normal one. Final night, it's firewood. Yeah. <laughs> um, the longer your canoe, the easier it will be to to track through the water. Yes, and, and maintain your balance. And you know that too, of just from paddling, right? It's yep. The longer the canoe, the easier trackability. Uh, Sixteen to eighteen foot long canoe with uh, thirty-two to thirty-six inch beam, uh, thirteen to fifteen inches in depth. That seems to be. Um, the premium boat. The ideal. It allows the maneuverability. It allows for stability because you're standing in the canoe the whole time. And there, there's techniques to standing. They, uh, just like you're standing on a snowboard. And I reviewed a couple examples online and YouTube and whatnot. So you're standing, if you're pulling down your left side, your right foot's forward like you're on a, on a snowboard. And if you're going to switch sides... They, uh, they hop in the air, quickly shifting feet, because you can't just walk and step because you're going to set the canoe off balance. So mm-hmm. you have to hop and quickly shift, just like you're in one of those dance things, right? Yeah. One of those electronic uh, video game things. So oh, you dance, just, dance Revolution. Yes, Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> so you're, you're hopping and moving your feet to maneuver so you can switch sides. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you see pictures here, and the guy's tip this thing right over so that the one side is almost in the water. Yes. Right? They say get comfortable with your balance, uh, grip high up on the pole, push straight back parallel with the canoe, and throw pole forward with your top hand, catch it and do it again. Repeat as necessary. Mm -hmm. But I got to think that the rapids part is a whole new level. And it's going to take some technique. It's going to take a little bit of practice. Well, I mean, if you're coming down, you know, you goof it up. Well, you goof up. You just, there, you're down. The, you're down. <laughs> I would <laughs> think it's easier to go up. I think, it, but you got to be fast pl- replanting that pole. Yeah, and it all takes, it, there's a lot of technique I was reading with uh, maintaining your, your path in the water, because as soon as you, as soon as the nose starts to draw water, it's going to twist and throw you around. So if, yeah. if there's going to be a lot of technique with that. But in my experience with whitewater, if you find an eddy, you can quickly eddy out. But if you're in a, if you're in a running, rolling wave, you can sit on top of that wave. If you can keep the nose upstream, you can just sit there and surf. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it's easier, not as much effort when you're doing stuff like that. Well, and that's what they're talking is the, uh, eddy hopping. Mm-hmm. So you go from eddy to eddy to eddy and, uh, work it out. So you know what? If you get a chance, Google 
poling a canoe. P-O-L-I-N-G, not two L's. I thought it would be two L's myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're saying, I mean, people, some people are saying this is still an essential skill that people should know, but it, but they're uh, it's starting to die out. I'm going to revive it. Let's revive for it. For myself. <laughs> I think we do it next year. We'll post pictures of us I'm doing it. I'm going to look into this course. There must be a couple courses running this fall. Do you think they do it in the fall? Well, why wouldn't they? Because uh, look, you look at the picture, these guys are bundled up with, with some pretty warm gear. Yeah, maybe that's in the spring. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Check it out. Let me know. Maybe I'll join you. I will. So check check out the uh, the pulling the canoe, Google it, and you see how much information is actually out there. Yeah, you'll see and a lot uh, of YouTube videos, a lot of web pages. It's amazing how much, uh, I was surprised at how much the plethora, the depth of information that's out there regarding pulling a canoe. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, so yeah, so let's see, we talked about pulling the canoe this week. We talked about spot in reach. Yes. Mike Ranta has, uh, reached his destination. It's been a pretty, uh, busy month for everybody. It has. So we'll just, hopefully we get into November here and keep on going. So I'd like to thank everybody for listening this week and, uh, hopefully you're joining us again next week. Until then, I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>